0: Global governance at the time of crises, COVID-19. First, let us define governance and global governance. Governance describes how a ruling entity does things to achieve a common goal. Countries elect or create governments to decide how things are to be done. Governance is different from politics in that it is the set of procedures and protocols that, if followed, will assess how government decision-making affects people in that nation. Global governance, on the other hand, encompasses the same activities but from an international, transnational, and regional standpoint. It refers to activities that take place across all state and non-state sectors, both public, private, and civil, that transcend national boundaries. Global governance is exercised by institutions, processes, norms, formal agreements, and informal mechanisms that regulate action for a common good. The core of global governance is based on the assumption that all parties involved will manifest cooperative action enforced through a combination of financial and moral incentives ratified by the latter. Global governance is comprised of elements and methods from the public, private and civil society sectors that unite to create recognizable entities such as international organizations that share agreed-upon standards and directives. Methods of global governance include harmonization of laws among states, international regimes and private sector organizations. How does global governance come to play at times of crises? With the recognition of the limitations of global governance and, in some cases, the lack of legitimate power among international organizations, governments face a prominent dilemma when it comes to handling worldwide crises. Common goals that countries have come together to resolve, such as environmental protection, human rights, climate change, and the like, share the trait of urgency and importance that no one can deny. In such cases, specialized entities contribute with the efforts, funds, knowledge or expertise that can be deployed to address the common goal. Core elements of governance such as transparency, accountability, efficiency, representation and adherence to conventions are then assessed by all stakeholders involved to guarantee a fair game wherever possible. The practice, however, takes a different route when it comes to common crises. For example, COVID-19 imposed a nagging question of what should be the most effective course of action to be taken in such scenario. Putting the words global governance and COVID-19 in one sentence automatically triggers the term WHO in anyone's mind. According to the organization's constitution, Article 37 mandates not seek or receive instructions from any government or from any authority external to the organization seem to only go so far. So what should have been the optimum scenario for the international organizations to best manage the crisis? Well, to address this question, it's important to accept the fact that crisis conditions lead international organizations to centralize decision-making which subsequently affects their autonomy. Or at least, that's the conventional point of view on the matter. The reality is different. In international organizations, I.O member states can exert their power in various ways. They may start monitoring I.O. actions more closely, they may attempt to influence decision-making directly, and ultimately they may seek to redefine or even revoke the mandate that they have given the agency. We thus start from the premise that all IOs, irrespective of their relative policy autonomy, are kept on a short leash by their owners, Member States, which makes Member States likely to centralize decision-making within an I.O. when events on the ground seem to threaten the basic arrangement between Member States and the I.O. However, we learn from the crisis management literature that there are good reasons to expect crisis management to deviate from everyday organizational life because of uncertainty, urgency, and threats to core values, which require the ability to engage in swift, but decentralized decision-making. Moreover, crises are valuable objects of study from an organizational and institutional perspective due to their ability to alter organizational processes and power structures. The retreat from global and multilateral modes of governance, however, was already well underway in the last few years, as evidenced by the US withdrawal from multiple treaties and organizations, the rise in trade protectionism, and the 2009 collapse of efforts to strengthen the Kyoto climate governance framework. The coronavirus pandemic highlighted countries' vulnerability and mutual dependence and the need for nationally and globally coordinated collective governance in response to the twin economic and health crises that ensued. The public health crisis demanded multi-level coordination and organizations, such as the WHO, would be expected to play a key role. Similarly, many called for an international collective response to the cascading economic repercussions of shutting down entire sectors and cities. It soon became apparent however, that COVID reinforced a resurgence of state power and further weakened multilateral institutions. Indeed, in the epidemic's early stages, any semblance of international cooperation collapsed. For example, the USA harshly criticized the WHO and cut funding. National authorities rushed to close borders and secure adequate supplies of medical equipment, while states restricted exports and leveraged their multinational corporations to divert supplies to local markets. The EU failed almost completely to respond in a cohesive manner in terms of travel and quarantine policies or providing the medical and financial assistance to severely hit areas. In conclusion, when the COVID crisis abates, multilateral institutions of governance might be reinvigorated as people draw lessons about countries' mutual interdependence. Alternatively, more diverse and multipolar forms of governance might emerge. A multiplex or a polycentric world that is more inclusive, bottom-up and encourages experimentation and learning. Similarly, for trade, COVID might accelerate a restructuring of supply chains toward more regional, flexible, and resilient structures rather than extreme protectionism and economic nationalism. COVID has revealed the true fragile nature of global governance institutions, as well as the limitations of power and authority in the face of large-scale crises. A disturbing implication is that threats need to be looming and tangible to generate a meaningful governance response, but even then, actions are likely to be inconsistent and and hard to sustain over time.